Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. I'd like to welcome Dr. Kevin Fryer, Mansfield, Mayfield Heights, Mayfield Heights Ohio. I just asked you this, which is Cleveland. Right. So I should just say Cleveland, Ohio. Close enough. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing great. You've been recently talking, or I've seen a lot of change in your practice. Yes. I want to talk about that today. Let's do it. I want to talk about what brought it about what's changed, and very specific things about what you've done in your practice. So let's start briefly by telling us a little bit about your office. We're uh, in Mayfield Heights, Ohio. Mansfield. So. <laughs> That's about an hour away. Okay. Close enough. Well, there's actually a city called Mansfield. Yeah. <laughs> so all the, everyone in Mansfield, hello. Anyway, uh, our office is, uh, uh, was a bread-and-butter practice, um, Fillings, crowns, and root canals and extractions for a long time. I've been in practice for 30 years. And, uh, you know, it's basically upper middle class, east suburb of Cleveland, you know, that demographic. Mm -hmm. So for 25 years, you were a bread and butter dentist? Pretty much, yes. And I would still say we're bread and butter dentists. Yeah. But, okay, so talk to us. What happened? What? So you said this, when I asked you in our pre-interview, you talked about 2014. Yeah being a turning point. Talk to us about 2014. What was going on? Where were you at? What's So we were in a smaller office uh, and we had outgrown that facility. Also, that neighborhood was kind of going downhill a little bit. There were some, okay. there were some problems happening and we recognized that. We had gone to some city council meetings and I wasn't particularly happy with the direction that they thought that area should go through, what the city was willing to do. And uh, around that time... Uh, a friend uh, got wind of that, a, a very good friend uh, got wind of that and said, um, I'm thinking about selling my practice. Uh, would you like to purchase it? And, uh, and you owned your practice, another practice already? Yes. Okay. So uh, it was basically five miles away, four miles, not too far. Uh, and actually the city that I, next to the city I grew up in, the city okay. where my high school Okay. In. And uh, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And so in 2014, uh, almost to, it was in April of 2014, we packed up everything and moved to a a bigger. So you didn't sell your current office. So you merged. We moved it. So you merged. And we we did uh, acquire some of their patients also. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how did that change? Part of also what happened during that time is we... Uh, started incorporating ortho. Okay. And that was a, a mind shift for me. And when you say incorporating ortho, what, what was that like? We were doing uh, power procs. Okay, so Rick, Rick DePaul's. Mm-hmm. 
a six month braces. Mm-hmm. And that was new to us. Okay. Uh, recently interviewed Rick for okay. my podcast, yeah. so that's coming out actually. Right, in a couple so days. I got a, a, a Kevin Fryer with the Clinical Hacks podcast. I got to I got to give you a shout out. There. But anyway, what I took from that is that it opened my eyes to cosmetics because you start moving teeth around, you start to notice things. Well, typically on adults, they're driven by cosmetics. Typically, yeah. not only are the patients driven by it, but I started to see things in in a much different way than I ever had before. Started taking photos okay. on everyone so that we could help uh, discuss the, the the cases. And so that early time in 2014, 2015, where we were really uh, really gung ho on the on the orthodontic side, uh, started to formulate some changes in, in the practice. Okay. All right. So you moved to a new practice 2014. You started doing some traditional braces, mm-hmm. uh, brackets and wires, basically mm-hmm. indirect bonding, mm-hmm. all of that, some um, inapproximate IPR reduction. Yep. And then, uh, so so what what has been the change? I mean, what ultimately, what has been the change in your practice? Well, from that piece of the pie, mm-hmm. so that that's a service that's not Fillings, crowns, or roots. Sure, counts. right. All right. So that's a little bit more advanced service. Uh, I started listening to your podcast. Thank you. And uh, I can remember listening to one po- podcast where you're saying, you know, do ortho, sleep, and implants. And I, I was so proud that I was doing ortho. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I don't need to do those other things. And I had dabbled in sleep, but not very successfully at all. But I... I checked one box and I thought, well, that's fine. That's all I need to do because, you know, ortho, You're doing good. ortho we were doing good financially. We we're doing good uh, production wise and all that. And ortho was a challenge for us to implement. And we started doing well with that. And um, I, you know, I saw the, the benefit of that, but I did start listening to your podcast. And I think that the, the next turning point really was 2016, I took the implant integration course. Right. So you had just bought CEREC at the time. No, I had CEREC since 2008. You had just bought the cone beam at the time, I think. No, not no, even that. Not even then. Okay. I emailed you. Uh, you probably don't remember No, this. I do remember. I emailed you and I said, I have a blue cam and I don't have a cone beam. But you should, said you were going to get one. Maybe. Maybe. No, you told me you were going to get one. But <laughs> should, yeah. I, should I take this class? And you said, uh, sure. But... Uh, uh, quite honestly, this is honest truth. I've said this t- to other people, and I've probably said it on the on my podcast, that I sat in that class for the first five minutes, and you were talking, and I thought, I'm, I'm lost. This is, this is beyond me. But I also had this thought that if I, if I don't learn this stuff now, this whole profession will, is going to pass me by. So I'm, I'm 57. Okay, I was okay? Gonna, okay. That's And that's the difference. There was a lot of... You know, there's a lot of, of the software stuff that was... I'm very computer literate. I mean, sure. I'm the IT guy at our office. But it was it was a little bit of a struggle at first. And I really almost, you know, consider, should I walk out of here? Because <laughs> I'm never going to get this. But I also had that something inside me that said, if I don't figure this out, I'm going to be lost. And I'd been doing CEREC for so long, and I'd seen... I'd seen some of the stuff, you know, online that... I, that, that we make look so easy, yeah, right? Right, until you're actually there doing it. So I just decided to stick with it. At that course, we were doing all of the scanning and everything right. on the Omnicam. 
which I had the blue cam at that point. So I came home. What I noticed, this is all going to dovetail really nicely. So I know. Just stay with us. I get it. <laughs> what I noticed with the Omnicam is how easy it was to scan versus blue, blue cam. Blue cam. And how I had uh, in my head that, oh, I can start to delegate this. Because uh, blue cam powdering everything right. is very difficult for a dental assistant to do. So that was really our next step was getting the Omnicam. From that, I was able to delegate. And that delegation, not only for our crowns and that sort of thing, but also also for our ortho, because we started scanning everyone. So you started doing ortho digitally. Mm -hmm. And that made a big difference in the patient's mind. Whether we're doing PowerProx or Invisalign, we're still going to do it digitally. digitally. And to be able to sort of market that, we don't have to take impressions on you we can do this whole case without taking an impression sort of but mostly um patient, <laughs> sort of, but mostly. at the end of power proxy no, you need to take an impression for the retainer a physical impression but uh so that was a big selling point for our patients but not only that i was able to delegate a lot of stuff and take it off my plate. Is that the first time you had started delegating in your practice? We had dabbled in it. The other thing about coming down here in 2016 is, and I say this all the, all the time, Missy and I had started delegating, trusting our team more, trying to take some things off our plate, but I saw the way your practice was working, and it was like, oh, we're on that right same path right I, it I was, was just like, a few years ahead of it you. was like proof of concept right. for me and that's what really she and i talked about like or I, I brought back to her that yeah he's doing what we're doing but it's like on steroids and i know it's that just we farther ahead there. it's not on steroids it's just further along but the trusting your team and, and delegating those things that you don't need to do as a dentist was um, n- new to us mm-hmm. at that time. It's new to a lot of dentists. Uh, but very freeing. And really, I think, you know, a big big part of our growth came from that. Well, you know, when I was talking to you, I said, what's the number one thing that, that you want to talk about? And you said delegating your team and trusting mm-hmm. your team. Uh, so I have a few thoughts on that. I think when we say that to people, Kevin, I think they don't understand or get it. And I believe it's because they're doing dentistry that's non-delegatable. Right. So if you're a, a, what, I, what I consider a traditional bread and butter dentist, in other words, restorative, crown and bridge, and pretty much it, and maybe even a few anterior root canals, what can you delegate? Right. That's true. You know, outside of the, the states that can legally delegate some of the filling work, what can you delegate? You can delegate putting matrix bands on. You can delegate... Uh, placing cord, mm-hmm. you can delegate making temporaries, but what else is there to delegate? So that level of delegation or trust really starts with getting beyond your clinical comfort zone of those few procedures. And in endo, there's literally nothing you, you can. Can't. What you can delegate to measuring and putting the stop really, on at the right spot. You really can't. So you really can't. So part of that delegation experience for you really came from a procedure that was delegatable. Yes. The ortho in particular. The ortho in particular, right? Mm -hmm. So that gave you that first taste. Also, we had inherited with the new office an EFTA. Okay, expanded function dental assistant. mm -hmm, Which we had not had before, which because I was, had a big ego and thought, I I thought, you know, this was never going to work till, you know, she still needed a job or or 
you know, right. when we acquired the office and I saw what she was doing and I saw the first time I walked away from a prep and went to do a hygiene check and didn't have my brain in that room, like, oh, maybe this can work out. So that that's also part of the part of the story, part of the piece of the puzzle that uh, helped us to move along. How did you how did you learn to trust your team? Well, um, first of all, you have to have team members in place that you can you can trust. Sure, but you, st- have, you have to build build that over time. Yeah, but my my point in asking this, Kevin, is I wasn't a delegator until about 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in that ballpark. I became much more delegator. And I had the people I could trust, but I just didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. And so I, my, my point in saying that is, is we say it's easy to say you got to have people you can trust, but a lot of times they're right under your nose and you just don't know to trust people. Well, part of it, I, I, one of the things that bugs me is people complaining about their team right. online. And so part of it is being willing to train them because in order to delegate the things that I'm, we're able to delegate, they have to have some instruction from somewhere. Right. Somebody has to lead. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to train them. You have to be willing to fix mistakes when they happen or redirect things when things may, may not go well. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. And I, I think that uh, Dennis in particular, with those things that can be delegated, I, and I totally agree with you with those procedures that can't. The things that can, though, um, you need to take the time to do that. And learn those. Mm-hmm. So something happened that I don't think maybe you have put it together and I saw it, is my trust in my team members have always come by accident. Okay? So I'll give you the accident. You left that room and somebody took initiative, that EFTA took initiative to keep moving forward, mm-hmm. and you by accident realized that maybe this could work. I, I, I got another accident for you. Yeah. So that particular EFTA uh, moved to Columbus. Okay. So, so she, she put in a Which notice. is not in Mayfield Heights, right? <laughs> it's not in Mayfield Heights, closer to Mansfield. Okay. <laughs> Halfway there. And uh, so she put in her notice. And so the accident was our uh, another assistant uh, said, "Well, I'd like to do that job." So she was she's an excellent assistant. She'd been with us for through that move and everything. She'd been with us for probably three or four years at that time. So um, there's an EFTA school at Case Western, and so we paid for her to go to school. And the accident was the one person leaving and the other one. Right. Taking their place. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to share a couple of accidents for me, and I've shared them on the podcast before. But my first real experience of trusting and realizing that people around me, you know, the, the saying I make is, is it's okay to uh, be the smartest person in the room, but it's not okay to be the only smart person in the room. And, and to have that mindset, right? And I, I believe I had that mindset, the ego. Yes, the ego about. is... is- you know, it, it, so it's a big part of it. So I go back to Liz. One day, um, I was I was the owner of the Sarek. Everything mm-hmm. was Sarek, blah blah blah. One day, I was running behind on hygiene checks. I had emergency. I had to go do it. I came back, and my Sarek was done for me. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, and she goes, "You know, I can do that. I've been watching you do this for years." And I figured I didn't want to be that behind. And I'm like, "Okay, well, let's just keep doing it." Mm-hmm. You know, that was one accident. Another accident in my office was Megan. 
my hygienist. I, one day she was, I, we were off, we were, had something going on, and I said, hey, can you sit down with this patient and just mm-hmm. walk them through the treatment? And I was like, God, you're so good at that. Mm-hmm. And so that was an accident, right? And so my, my point in, in this ultimately is you have to make it safe for people to fail. Mm-hmm. Accidents start by people willing to put themselves out there, and that comes from leadership. And I'm not telling my patients, my team members to fail, but I'm creating that environment where when things go wrong, that coaching isn't don't do that again. Yeah. The coaching is what what can we learn from that? What can we do differently? What outcome do we want? Or my for me, my coaching is tell me your thought process on why we did that. And then maybe their thought process is actually good if something comes out of it. So, Yeah, I think it, it's also recognizing where people's talents are. So... Uh, in in your case, Liz had that talent, and you d- didn't realize it. Uh, no, and I held it back. Yeah, and we have uh, our Invisalign champion. She is so uh, enthusiastic about ortho, and she's really taken an, an ownership over that, even from the first patient that she encountered. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's uh, the the enthusiasm. Uh, and also uh, the ability to take the patient through from beginning to end uh, is something that we've cultivated. We started with some small steps. You can talk to the patient about right. how you've heard me say these, how we're going to... Just regurgitate with the same thing you, I say, you, right? You know, I remember I was in a, in a next-door operatory doing struggling with an endo or something, and we had an Invisalign consult, and she just took over, and I heard what she was saying. And I, I walked in about 10 or 15 minutes later and said, I don't really have anything else to say. Hey, to you yeah. cause, cause so what Rita, am I here for? <laughs> Why do you need me? Rita said it all. So, you know, if you'd like to, you know, proceed with the case, let's do it, you know. But I recognized that she had been listening. She, she said all the right things. And so that's something that you're, you can have on your plate now. Uh, so what but, has been the outcome of this trust in your team? What have you seen change for you? First of all, they love their jobs. Okay. And uh, put, our, our thing is we're going to train you as much as we can. We're going to get you as many licenses as we can. Train as you as can. much as they want. As, yes. Yeah. And as, as much as is legal. So, uh, <laughs> Or even a little slightly illegal. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes that may happen. Uh, but uh, so, for instance... Uh, we got Sam, her after license. Rita is now going to after school. She'll graduate in May, hopefully. You know, her school's been canceled. Uh, Megan is our um, uh, part, a part-time assistant who's going to hygiene school, who hopes to join us when she's she's done. So we've made we've sort of fostered this um, environment of if if you want it, we'll find a way to Starts get. Starts with you. one person, by the way, right? It started with that one accident, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I, I, I just, I can't get dentists to get that mindset of allow accidents to happen. Yeah. Fail, failing or mistakes or somebody putting their foot forward is the best thing that can happen. Well, uh, for ex- another example of that is Rita with the Invisalign. She said, well, why does Kristen have to come in and talk about the finances? Why can't I do that? Right. And I'm like, well, I guess you can. Let's, so, you know, of course, Missy coached her through all that, and the first couple ones she did, she didn't do a great job at it, but she's getting much better each time, and I had to be willing to just 
let that happen? Natural progression. See, what happens is when it doesn't go right the first time or the second time, we defeat people. Yeah. We say, okay, that's why That's why we don't let you do it. Yeah. Or maybe that's what's going through the head, but when you say that's okay, yeah. I, I was like that when I first started, right? Yeah. And, and, and so you, you lift people up. And so to me, th- these are all the things about leadership. It's, it's well, little things. You know, specifically for her, like, Rita, she said, oh, what happened there? Like, you're talking too fast. Just slow everything down. And, you know, it's not like, um, d- uh, like I'm disciplining her. Or right. Whatever. It's just it's, it's coaching. Like yeah. you said, you talk too fast, slow everything down. Let, you know, let the patient digest what you said, especially when it comes to finances. And, you know, it'll it'll all work out. You've got all the the fundamentals there. You just gotta gotta. Pull so back your team the loves the job. Team loves the job. How has it affected you? That's the biggest thing. So, uh, it's allowed us to. Uh, I think there's a slogan around here: work smarter, smarter not, not harder. Right. <laughs> so it's definitely allowed that. Because, but what does that mean to you, Kevin? So it means that if I'm delegating. Uh, a procedure, I can walk away from that and have full confidence that it's going to be done to to my liking. It allows me to spend more time with a hygiene patient instead of feeling rushed. If those patients are interested in ortho or sleep or implants, I can slow down, talk to them about it. Whether we proceed with it that day or not doesn't matter. Planting seeds. I've had the time to talk to them instead of my head being in another room, I've got to get that scan. I've got to design that crown. I've got to like, I, 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 yeah. And that's been, that's really been the biggest thing that I feel more relaxed at work because things, someone else is doing some of the heavy lifting with me. Are you enjoying work more? Absolutely. Do you make more money? Absolutely. Do you take more time off? (laughs) Well, you know, we took took seven weeks off last year. Which is a big change. Which is a huge change. I mean, you made fun of me because I think it took two two weeks. I've taken two weeks off for 29 years. It it took two weeks to get a Phoenix on a train, for God's sakes, there and back. (laughs) Well, there's that, too. So (laughs) that's part of all that. But, um, yeah, we took seven weeks off last year. And it's also allowed me to come down here. um, And help, and we greatly appreciate that. And it's allowed me to, to do some other things that, quite frankly, are, you know, coming down here is just fun for me. Right. It's just, it, it gives me a chance to interact with other dentists. It, it allows me to give back. Right. Um, and it, it's another sort of avenue in my career. And yeah. I never thought would ever happen. Yeah, the podcast, the pod, all, all, that, all stuff, that stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right, so our takeaway on the team is you got to learn to trust your team and delegate. Mm-hmm. It happens by accident. They love their jobs more, and it makes your life easier. Absolutely. Is that fair? 100%. All right. So we, let's, let's uh, kind of move forward on that. So you've, you've talked a lot about what I call clinical diversity. Mm-hmm. You talked about sleep, ortho, implants. So, so walk me through kind of why and how and the effect of any of those or all of those. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D dentist digital implant continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom but actually performing surgeries on real patients 
right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, um, ortho is is uh, simple. People value aesthetics. I'd rather move their teeth to the proper position and prep them up than mow them all down. So. Right. When I saw the results that I could get with that, it really changed my whole mindset. Let's, let's do that. Uh, sleep, Aaron's course, opened my eyes to things that I knew sort of were happening in my practice, but I couldn't, I couldn't. she connected the dots for right. me. Um, and so the sleep part of our, our practice is still growing, but we, you know, we're making appliances regularly for people. We're, we're helping people out. And even with that, there, you know, there's a couple patients that uh, we've uh, given home sleep tests to mm-hmm. that were severe uh, right. uh, uh, and definitely needed a CPAP and have come back and thanked us. Right. You know, so it doesn't... You're changing lives. It doesn't... Even though you don't actually provide right. them any I'm not pro- may not be profiting from that, and I don't, I don't care. Because I've known some of these people since... For, for over 20 years. Yeah, they've been your patients. They're friends, yeah. more or less. And to be able to help them out with that is is uh, gratifying to me. Implants are just awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's really my favorite thing to do. It's the favorite thing for our team to do. It really is, does um, sort of come together with all the integration of uh, delegation uh, for the implant planning, the way things are taught here. That's an entirely delegatable procedure. Uh, of course, I have to place the implant, but after that, um, Rita or Sam will design, design it. it. They'll stain and glaze it. They'll put glue it to glue the tie base. Yeah. And, you know, and so all of that is sort of happening behind the scenes, and I'm just directing it from above. And that's it's, it's a cool thing to, to see happen. I want to talk about something. You're not spring chicken. I am not. You're not old. I am old. Okay. No, well, in, in some worlds, maybe you're old, okay, but not in my world. I'm, I'm 44. Your I'm, I'm 44. You're 57. You've been in practice 30 years 30 now. 30 years. Okay. And you started placing implants about four years ago, three, mm-hmm. four years ago. So you were in practice, let's call it 25 years before you placed implants. What would you tell some other 52, 53-year-old that says, I never learned that in school. That was frowned upon for a general dentist to do that in school. 
and that I'm doing good enough. To, what would you tell that person? Well, first of all, I I would say that it's it's more fun dentistry to do. So if you're if you just want to do fillings and crowns and extractions, I have no problem with that. That's that's great for you. But I needed something else. Uh, I needed I needed a challenge, and I needed to be able to help some of my ba- my patients that. Yeah, you know, I, I recognize the ones that I was sending to the oral surgeon. I could do a lot of those. I could do the majority of those if I just had the training right. and, and were able to do it. Um, on top of that, uh, I think that it, it definitely will add to your um, income and, and production and all, all of that. But I think just having that under your pocket or in your pocket um, you know, your patients don't want to go elsewhere if they, if they, they don't. If they don't have to, and uh, I just—it's the most fun thing we do. Talk to me about your implant journey. What kind of implants are you doing now? Where so, did you start, and what kind of implants are you doing now? So way back, I took a Bicon course. I took one too in two thousand five or six, I think. Yeah. And so I learned how to place those, and I would place. Um, what I've told people is uh, prior to getting involved in all of this. Uh, I placed three in mm-hmm. one year in, you know, ridges that uh, you, know, you, could, you could have done it from the moon. Right. And I still screwed up some of that. <laughs> but uh, so three in, in that year. And then the subsequent year, I, I uh, was uh, encouraged by someone in this room to finally purchase a cone beam. And, but I had a plan in place. I was going to Purchased the cone beam. I was going to take implant pathways, right. and then I was going to start, um, you know, just doing it. Right. And so after that, so after the cone beam was installed, um, we did thirty in that year. So we went from three to thirty. And what was the big difference? Why did that happen? Well, I have I have the technology as the, so you could see better is the great equalizer yeah. as as you've said. Uh, being able to see everything in 3D, being able to do everything guided. Being able to communicate with the patients. Yes. Building that confidence that, hey, this is what this looks like. This is a pretty straightforward case. I've got you. Absolutely. And, you know, the way we do it is, uh, you know, we have a a big monitor Mm -hmm. in front of the patient, and I basically uh, place the implant in in front of them in the software, and then we – we talk about how precise and, and safe this is for them because that's part of their fear, part of their uh, concern. Uh, and I can see it in their eyes when they see me do that. And I show them what a surgical guide looks like and how it all, you know, how that's going to work. Uh, that takes away one level of, of an objection very quickly. Uh, and really, mostly, it comes down to finances, finances for our patients. And, you know, we'll work with them on that. Okay. And what kind of, ca- how complex of cases are you doing now? I'm still doing onesie twosies. Okay. Um, you know, I, I took the, the dentalist course last week. Uh, I, I, that, those patients are coming in all the time. That's right. why I, yeah. I, I took the course. So we hope to integrate that more. I know you will. As time it takes on. time, step yep. by step. Yep. That's good. All right, so now we've talked about your team. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've talked, well, number one, let's back up for a second. Yeah. So we've talked about this significant change that's occurred in your practice. You're doing more of the dentistry you love. You're taking more time off, and you're earning more income. Yep. Okay. And that started by accident, okay, and, and moving your practice, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, another accident in learning to delegate and trust your team, and then by a planned 
you know, getting out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. of adding new procedures, creating clinical diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've harped on this over and over and again in I, this podcast. I've your listened podca- your <laughs> podcast. Any anywhere I can get a chance to yeah. talk, you know, I talk about this. But where the rubber meets the road is getting patients. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. I can learn all these clinical things, but where are the patients, and how do you get them to say yes? Well, I think that. I, I think it all really ties together. I think having a team around you that is not uh, uncomfortable talking so you about... So that's an environment. Yeah, uh, it's not... Uh, they're comfortable talking uh, finances with the patient. Right. That's that's one. Uh, something that you, you touched on this weekend with the class mm. is just having confidence. So I, I'm confident in these clinical diverse areas, ortho, sleep, and implants... That shows through. I, it's not a, a thing that I'm I'm shy about anymore or extremely worried about anymore. I know that we can accomplish these cases um, quite quite easily. So that comes through. Having the team around you that uh, again that can discuss finances and and has the confidence in me also has confidence in the office that speaks volumes. Okay. Now let's talk again about talking about finances Mm -hmm. because what you mentioned earlier in the podcast is typically it boils down to economics, right? Mm -hmm. So you you instill the confidence, you go through all of that. How are you helping your patients afford? Well, I I believe somewhere around here I've also heard (laughs) about firm financial arrangements. Right. So what does that mean to you? So we've always done that. Right. But I think that one of the things I took away from the course in 2016 was the in-house payment, payment plan, plans. which we were very much against. Which, most, by the way, 90% of the people that listen to this are against. And I sat there and I listened to you, and I, I, that was one of the big takeaways from that weekend, was I needed to get an Omnicam, and we need to start implementing an in-house payment plan. And um, I, you know, at that time, Missy was the only one doing financial consults and I talked to her about it and she said, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. And I said, look, I've been to this guy's practice. <laughs> it's going to work. And that has really allowed us to do a lot more dentistry than we ever would have. Talk we were turning people away. Um, or patients were turning themselves away yeah. because they couldn't afford the and, dentistry. And, you know, I know that there's a common wisdom out there if they, if they don't, uh, qualify for a care credit, then why are you extending them credit? But we're tipping the game in our favor a, a lot of times with these in-house payment oh, yeah. plans. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get paid something, and the number of defaults or whatever are that's just cost of business, as you'd yeah. say, and uh, it, it really doesn't factor into it at all. And uh, for instance, this is a good for instance on this. I have a patient that I have been seeing since 1995, probably. Most of our listeners weren't born then, but right. that's okay. So it was a simpler time back then. <laughs> this guy's been coming to me forever. Before electricity. <laughs> been coming to me forever. I went to a baseball game with him. You know, he had t- mm-hmm. extra tickets, asked me to go to the game. I went with him. He's, I would consider this guy a friend. friend. I've seen him out at a restaurant, paid for his dinner, you know, hung out, basically. Uh, he's going to lose seven, eight, nine, and ten. His um, front teeth. And, yeah, and he's not really a candidate for implants, just periodontally and and for some other reasons, health wise. He needs a six unit bridge. 
I don't do a lot of bridges anymore, but this is one of those that we need to do. Uh, I told uh, Kristen, make, just make it work. Ron's been coming here so forever. We'll make it work. And he was, he's, was really worried about finances. And so By I, the way, part of the reason he got that position yeah. is economics. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll just make it work for him. And yeah, ha- having the ability to have some flexibility with that in-house payment plan, also, you know, patients remember that. He was practically in tears. Um, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. You know, and everything's within reason. So how do you run your in-office payment plans? We do uh, three months or six months. Okay. With, I have, I have the ability to say, make it 12 right. if we need to. Um, I'm trying to get Kristen to make that decision on her own. Okay. She's not quite there yet, but we'll, we'll get there. And uh, do you require a down payment? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How, what is your percentage of your down payment? So if it's three months, it'd be a third. Okay. A fourth. A three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, third. Would, it would be a third and yeah. And then the, the two other okay. payments and then same, just divide it out by six. Okay. The other way. So your down payment is just one, one payment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's no problem. And, yeah. and see, that's different in our office than your office. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this is you determine what works for you. Like for example, for me, our three month payment plan is 24, 25% down and then three equal payments, yeah. 25, 25, 25, 25. Yeah. And then our six month plan, I take a 30% down and then divide the balance out by six months. So that's okay. It, 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 it all works. works. It yeah. all works. And, uh, and then, uh, so, so that's good. So you, you think that payment plans have been super effective? Yes, because the number of people we were turning away if they, didn't, if they couldn't afford it all out, mm-hmm. out of pocket or didn't apply for care or didn't qualify for care credit or whatever we, were, we would offer them, um, they would just walk away. Yeah. And a lot of times... It made us busier also. A lot of times those patients wouldn't come back. Right. Even the cleanings. It's a bad taste in their mouth. Or they were just like, well, why why even come here? Yeah. They get defeated. 
Right. So mm-hmm. that's good. And so there, there really is an avenue to pay uh, that, you know, there's different categories, I guess. Uh, so we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for someone. But that still fits within yes. your practice culture mm-hmm. and what you're comfortable with economically. Yeah. All right, last thing you had mentioned uh, was photography. Yeah. That's super important. How'd that work out for you? And what have you done? What is your, what do you, when you say you're doing more photography for you and your practice, how are you implementing photography? So uh, around that 2014, 2016 time, we started taking uh, digital photographs. On, with an extra roll camera? With an extra roll camera. I heard that somewhere else yeah. around here. On all our new patients. Okay. Okay. And so that... You know, picture tells a thousand words. I don't need to tell sure. you that. That it, it just, I can diagnose a case by looking at the photos in mm. my office and seeing their x-rays and here's what we're going to do. I walk in and I already have a treatment plan in my mind. Here's how this is going to go. But not only that, I can point things out to the patient. They really are. I would always hear these buzzwords of co-diagnosis. Well, you can't do that without showing them what, the, what they're saying. <laughs> the definition saying. of co, the yes. co, it's co-diagnosis. Yeah. Like both of you. I see it. Yeah. You, so one of my sort of jokes that I say probably a hundred times a day is I'll, sh- I'll put the occlusal shot up and I'll say, you know, where are you still seeing this all the time? You've probably never seen this before, but this is, helps us to show you what's going on in your mouth. Then uh, about a year or so into, or a year or two into taking photos on all our new patients, our one hygienist said, why don't we do this on our recall patients? And I was like, oh. That's when you love it, by the way. When the team members suggest you, like, of course. Like, my mind would explode. How did I miss this? So we went on uh, a year or two journey of catching catching all all those patients up. So many hidden benefits to this. Because if something happens now in the future, I have a record now of this is the way you looked in 2017. Right. Or this is the way this tooth looked then. I, I can see it now, and the patient can see it too. There are things about that that I didn't even realize at that, at that time. It took, a, it took a little bit of an extra strain on the hygienist to, to do that, um, but we're pretty much caught up now. It's very rare that a patient doesn't have photographs connected to their chart. chart. Yeah. Um, what does your hygiene appointment look like time-wise? 45 minutes. Oh, Kevin. So, Kevin, yeah. you're killing me, dude. So, so what, what do we got to do to get that to 60 minutes? By the way, your, your, your hygienists are amazing. They are. That they can do that in 45 minutes. So what do we got to do to get that to 60 minutes? Because I know you're worried, like, where am I going to put the hygiene patients? I'm not sure that that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not sure what that would look like. We do have 90-minute new patient visits. Okay, that's so, so that, because there's a lot of data that we're, right. we're collecting. Taking the photographs out of that now, because we're pretty much caught up, um, okay, forty. Okay, it, so I still, I, I still think I'm convinced that you move your patients to sixty minute recalls, your practice will boom up again because there will be more time to talk, more time to talk, more yeah. relationship building. Yeah, and you're doing more relationship built dentistry that requires more relationship Correct. building. So, I, you know, I, again, it doesn't happen overnight, but. It doesn't start from until six months from now, right, or twelve months right. from now. So, so you got to plant that seed. Uh, that that I, I believe that you should go to twelve. Sorry, sixty minute uh, recall appointments across the board. There'd be one less hygiene check. There would or be two. 
I don't know, a yeah, couple. Something yeah. like that. And then we, well, you, it would hurt initially. Yeah. But like everything else, it's all hurt initially, but it'll make, it'll make a big difference in your practice. Yeah. I know it's counterintuitive to what we believe, but it'll slow you down. And I know that when we slow down from a speed perspective, we actually do better. I, I 100% agree with that. Anytime, like I, I've gone in the back office and said, oh, it's too rushed during that. I, I could feel it, yeah. you know. Um, so there's definitely some truth to that. Slowing down, especially when you're explaining these more complex things, you have to. You have to. Yeah. So what's your biggest challenge right now, Kevin? Need an associate. Need an associate, <laughs> yeah. So we're, By the way, why do you need an associate? Because we're too busy with some other things, so yeah. we're working on it. Hey, so what um, does working on it mean? Well, you know, I brought Matt here last, last year. I've so he's a second-year dental student. Third year. Third year, sorry, third-year dental yeah. student. So uh, we would, you know, we've, we've You're trying to about groom that. him. And we've been grooming him. That yeah, but you can't wait two years, man, a year and a half. That, that works out. It works out. Um, I've made some inquiries. We, okay. we do get, you know, some... Uh, resumes periodically. I've uh, not seen anything that I was. Why haven't you gone full force with this? Because I said hesitation. Uh, there's some logistical problems. Sure. Uh, okay. Let's work through that. I, I think that there you was. Know also I, make, I know, I, you know, I know I you're making me uncomfortable, right, and that's okay. fine. I'm used to it. Uh, I think part of it, honestly, was getting some of these um, more complex procedures under my belt just okay. so that I knew that there would be work for them. Proof of concept. Yeah, so that we could... It's okay, have, so we've got that. We could have the fillings and crowns. You know, um, associates don't show up overnight. No, they don't. But it takes full-fledged effort to make it happen. Yeah. And my belief is you're putting too much... You're putting too much into this dental student coming in. And if he gets married or... I don't he's already married and he wants to move somewhere else that's going to leave you yeah. in a position where you're, you're you're not moving forward yeah we we have a verbal agreement he, he he's free to do whatever he of wants of course yeah you know but how do we how do we get you an associate between now and then how do we prove the concept because you like you like matt yes I do. right mm -hmm. so the last thing you want to do is bring him in and it not work because the business is not there so my argument to you is if you really do like him a lot mm -hmm. let's get another one in there between now and then and prove that this works because they leave every 12 to 18 months anyway at least mine do okay so um you know let's let's put them in there let's put somebody in there and see maybe it's part-time yeah you know maybe it's not maybe you're not ready full-time but now you can kind of get that ramp going two days and then see down the road well if you're listening out there and uh you'd like a great job here's what Contact i want I, do you have an ad out we don't. I have a. I, I have contacted all the reps. They, they're looking for me actively. I, actively, yeah. And how many interviews have you done? Uh, two. Okay, so they're not actively <laughs> enough. So how, well, here's what happens, okay? Because I have the same thing. Like I'll reach out to my rep, and his. I know he. He said we have enough of a relationship. But he'll ask me. He goes, "How serious are you about this?" Yeah. And I'm like dead serious. I need it. Yeah. He's like, "When do you need it by? Like nine months from now?" I'm like, "No, I need it like now." So I think you've got to put that pressure on there. I know you're uncomfortable, okay? Yeah. And I, but but I need you to do it because it's such a good exercise to see what's out there and to go through that process. I agree. So so be like try to be hiring one. Like you need one tomorrow. I agree. Okay. And I know there's a lot going on in the world right now. Blah yeah. blah blah. All that yeah. stuff. But but you can always tell somebody. Well, let's wait till this settles down. Sure. But just go through the process and see and and. 
well, I may have some time yeah, to do you, some interviews. You might have some free time, right? So I, I would tell you that I wouldn't be where I'm at without I, I can having totally another see dentist. I, right? can, I can totally see and, it. And I was mentally not ready because I'm a control freak. I was mentally not ready because I didn't think economically I could afford it. I was like, well, it's not the right time. I don't know if I have enough patience. Let me try to get somebody one day, and it just doesn't work. I'm yeah. just telling you, if you're not getting somebody at least half time, they're not in it to win it. Yeah. And then, and then when I really made the turn for me, because I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. When I really made the turn was when I said, I'll never, I'm not going to hire anybody part-time anymore. I'm going all in or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hire somebody four days, five, whatever it mm-hmm. is, whether I can, whether I need them for two days or not, is that's when the turning point was for yeah. me. And, and because then we were in it to win it and we were forced to make it work. Yeah. And so I wouldn't look back. So, all right. By, by the, so we'll be back together April 25th, correct? Yes. I need a couple of interviews for associates by then. All right, we'll see what we can do. No, no, we'll I mean, see. We'll make it happen. I'll have plenty of time, I think, You'll, have, you'll make it happen. I'll call your reps if I have to. Well, yeah, I mean... You're in Cleveland. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere, dude. True. I mean, you're, I, mean I know... I mean, Mansfield in, or Mayfield? Either one. One okay. of those two. So you can make it happen. Yeah. I, you will look back a couple of years from now, and you, you will be like, how did I do without it for 30 years of my practice? I mean, it's game changer. And on that note, I'm not against DSOs. I'm not for DSOs. I'm for people being happy. Yeah. I'm convinced of this. If every private practitioner dentist agreed to hire an associate, DSOs would not exist. Makes sense. Because there would be nobody to work for the DSOs. So we are making our own bed as a profession. And here's the, for me, it doesn't matter. I, I make enough or have made enough and will continue to make enough yeah. that I don't care to a certain degree what happens. But if we want our profession to stay one of the best professions in, in the world, at least in this country for sure, then, then we have to take ownership of our profession before we hand it off. And if everybody listened to this podcast, because I know our download numbers, agreed to hire one associate, we'll make a dent. Okay, we'll make an absolute dent. Um, and, and it only makes good. sense. So, anything else, Kevin? I think we're good. Corona shake? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Kevin. you. Thank you for everything. Oh, yeah. oh, hey, wait wait a minute. Let's back up. Yeah. I do want to talk about one thing. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Missy's uh, manuals. Yeah, so... So, they're phenomenal. Number one, we use them and they're phenomenal. Yeah, so part of... Um, what also sprung out of all this was her training manual. So we use those in our practice. That's how we've been able to accomplish the delegation. It's uh, how we've been able to successfully onboard people uh, to get them into our culture, to to get them to do things sort of our way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those manuals are are, uh, broad enough that, you know, she always... What are the manuals called? Uh, Buc- there's the Buckeye Dental Production Survival Guides. Okay. So there's, there's one, one for assistance, for front desk. Uh, there's one for marketing, and there's one for... Um, oh, there's that many now. Yeah, and there's one for, uh, she calls digging for gold, which is uh, getting the most out of your schedule every day. Okay, so you got four books, mm-hmm. four manuals. What yeah. do they cost each? Oh. A couple hundred bucks? Yeah, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, so well, not, worth it. Yeah, no, I, no, no. The, listen, a couple hundred bucks is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's nothing. Yeah. So... That's also been, it's been a part of our success um, 
because all of those all of those manuals came out of what we were doing in your know, practice. In, in our practice. The manuals are basically a recipe to your practice. Correct. I mean, that's ultimately what happened. That's exactly And you're it. fortunate that your wife is, runs your practice yep. and that she's, she has a brain on her head. She can't fly, but she has a brain <laughs> on her head that, you know, she can put that down. And, yeah. and it's essentially like a, a manual yeah. of how to do things in your office. And like she always says, she can't, she, she can't tailor it specifically to your office, but she can give you the broad concepts and... and yeah, um, and I, you, what I tell everybody is no different than what you've done is is you learn something and then you make it your own. Yeah, you know, and right. you've, you've taken things from me and you've made it your own. I've mm-hmm. taken things from you and made it my own. Yeah, because it's got to fit our own culture. Right. So, how does somebody get the books? Go to buckeyedentalproductions.com. dot It's you can. It's a one stop shop. You can click click on the uh, they buy button and, and ship yeah, it to you. Yeah, it'll be there in a few days. Sort of like Amazon, but so that might be scale. something people can do right now. Yeah, with some free time. Yeah, absolutely. Members. That's a great point. Yeah. If there's, if you have free time because uh, we can't go to work or whatever, or because work, on work your is team. slow, mm-hmm. because we can, we can work yeah. on a team. That's the best time to do it. Yeah, it is. So Buckeye Dental Productions. <laughs> yes, we want to make sure people get the book because they're good. We use we use the first two in our practice. Yeah. So I'll I'll have Missy. Uh, I'll buy some other ones and and we'll get that done. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.